0: Você está ouvindo to China Africa Talk.
1: Jumbo, eu sou a Bridget aqui kipindi o Lutey. que a China na África?
0: Você écoutez o dialogo sino chino-africano com a Bridget?
1: Everything China, everything África.
2: Olá, você está ouvindo China Africa Talk
0: com a Bridget. Olá, você está ouvindo o China Africa Talk com a Bridget. Bridget.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to China Africa Talk, your weekly show on what's happening between China and Africa from a Chinese and African perspective. I'm your host, Bridget Mutambirwa, and I'm glad to have you listening in. So today we're discussing de-dollarization and analyzing notable trends supporting these calls in China and among African countries. We'll also look at the role BRICS would play in this effort to move away from the dollar, Now, a report by the International Monetary Fund says that most sub-Saharan African currencies have weakened against the U.S. dollar as import prices surge. That, coupled with continued interest rate hikes by the U.S. Federal Reserve, is creating challenges for central banks in African countries. Now, during a recent visit to Djibouti, Kenyan President William Ruto spoke against depending on the dollar in trading among countries in Africa. He urged the adoption of local currencies for intra African trade. Now, joining me for today's discussion is Bao Cheng Lu. He's Associate Dean, Academy of Global Innovation and Governance, Director, Center of International Business Ethics, University of International Business and Economics together with Professor Peter Kagwangja, Intellectual Policy Advisor and Strategist and Specialist in African Affairs, Governance and Security.
0: Thank you, Bridget. It's a pleasure.
1: Okay, perhaps let's start with Professor Kagwanja. Why is there the sudden accelerating call towards the de-dollarization movement among African countries? Are there any notable trends that are supporting these calls for de-dollarization?
2: Bridget, as you already know, since the eruption of the war in Ukraine uh, between uh, Russia and NATO, uh, what has happened is that uh, African economies have Mm -hmm. faced hard times. Uh, They are unable to import their oils, they are unable to import energy, uh, resources, and so on. So they have attributed this to the cost of the dollar. Many African countries are also not being able to access dollars. So... Uh, business transactions are almost at standstill. Mm-hmm. And as a result, they are exploring alternatives to the dollar. Mm-hmm. And that, it's in that context that the uh, the president of Kenya... Dr. William Ruto essentially proposed that trade within Africa can mm. be carried with, you know, using local currencies and as Africa accelerates its pace to have a common currency mm. within the framework of Bank. So that is the context.
1: Okay. And how about in China, Professor Liu? Are there any notable trends supporting these calls for de-dollarization?
0: Uh, yes, actually, China has been pushing forward the internationalization of RMB. Uh, one reason is that uh, the uh, US dollar, and together with the UIF system, is uh, being utilized more as a weapon to sanction those countries for not in line with uh, what is termed as the value of the West. And uh, also, that uh, many of the Chinese trading partners are asking China to diversify the currency. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, given uh, the cool effect, uh, the, to reduce dependence of the U.S. dollar is something in the interest of China and also many other of the trading partners.
1: Okay, so let's just go back into history here Still with you, Professor Liu Baocheng. In the case of China, how far back has the country gone in changing the history of money as this happened before?
0: China used to uh, pack with the U.S. dollar, with this RMB, But in 2005, uh, China delinked its direct pack with the US dollar, but now we are really having a whole basket of all major currencies, be it dollar, Mm -hmm. be it euro, sterling funds, Japanese yen. So as a whole basket to denominate the value so that China is really not dependent on the fluctuation of the US dollar in the global marketplace. And in the meantime, China is doing a lot of trade with some of the countries who do not like the dominance of the U.S. dollar. For example, currently with Mm -hmm. Russia, with Iran, Brazil, and many parts of the African continent. So, and also that China is uh, being able to do so because we have direct investment Mm -hmm. in those countries in which the RMB, can be utilized more often than not. And now, even now, the Gulf countries, because China is an importer of their oil, Mm. and so they also urge China to do so. In addition to the uh, settlement, we also issue the Dipson Fund, or Panda Fund, denominated in Mm RMB. We also have the RQF, the RMB qualified Mm -hmm. investors in China, so the global funds are able to have access to RMB,
1: to invest in the Chinese portfolio market. Okay, still on history, still going way back in time, Professor Gaguanxia, for decades now, the United States dollar has been used as the official or dominant medium of exchange for many African countries on the continent, which has led to high dependency on it. Now, how do they land there in the first place? And perhaps what would happen if the dollar loses reserve status in Africa?
2: Uh, first and foremost, you, it is important to recognize that uh, the dollar itself reflects the the power of the American uh, after the Second World War. Okay. Uh, as you know, every uh, superpower has come with its uh, you know currency, mm. and uh, because the whole uh, business is based on what we call the hegemonic theory. Yeah, In I other understand. words, a hegemon imposes the economic the military mm-hmm. and other uh, kind of uh, uh symbols of power mm-hmm. uh over the subject or the, the rest of the group so the emergence of the united states as the uh, superpower after uh, 1945 mm-hmm. uh, has been anchored on three uh, pillars one of course is the dollar itself right. the second is it's military and the third is its transatlantic alliance uh, with europe particularly right. and other allies uh, in the pacific mm-hmm. and because and that is what is really recovery mm-hmm. uh, before the dollar started uh, you know showing weaknesses already the american pa- power or the uh, hegemonic grip mm-hmm. has been challenged by emerging powerhouses okay. across the world okay. so the american hegemony is being contested even in europe itself mm-hmm. europe started by repairing by introducing the euro Mm. Uh, as a counter to the dollar. Recently, we have heard the president of France saying that they have to work very hard not to be the vessels of the United States, Mm. uh, meaning they want to distance the euro from the dollar and they need to strengthen their dollar as the the currency of their trade. Mm. So there is a history to this, Mm. but all this history is tied to the idea of hegemony. Mm. And the idea of hegemony is what is now uh, being challenged.
1: Okay, let's look at the investment side of of, of this. Um, Professor Liu, what would be the investment possibilities for China? What would have to be implemented in terms of trade policies in a de dollarized world?
0: Well, the current practice for China is uh, really a sort of uh, arrangement uh, between okay. trading partners and also investment partners. For example, uh, we build an infrastructure project in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we import the oil also from right. So this way, we really have uh, a, a mutual settlement mm-hmm. uh, where the RMB can be utilized mm-hmm. uh, to calculate the value of the oil and also the value of the project that uh, China is contributing, and they we settle with one single currency right. without the involvement of the U.S. dollar. Right. The other is that uh, China is doing investment projects to build ports, to build bridges, etc., and this way, uh, China brings the machine uh, labor force. Etc. cetera, is uh, mm-hmm. as RMB. And third is when we offer aid to mm-hmm. countries, particularly on the uh, African continent, that's also calculated in terms of the RMB value, mm-hmm. which is in better control. And also that can also push forward for the Chinese businesses to purchase more of the Chinese equipment from China.
1: Professor Kakwanja, still on the same question, but from the African side, what would be the investment possibilities and what would have to be implemented in terms of trade policies for countries that rely on the US dollar in a de-dollarized world?
2: Well, Africa has been exploring alternatives to foreign currencies uh, for a while now. Yes. And uh, in 1998, they created the Afribank, uh, which is based in Cairo, Egypt and the bank was mandated to basically ensure that the trade there is trade uh, within africa mm-hmm. as you know uh, the continent itself has a problem of internal trade uh almost only 15 percent of african trade is between african countries which is uh, uh, mm-hmm. which is rather awkward mm-hmm. uh you- compared to other parts of the world mm-hmm. therefore uh the the creation of Bank was to, to facilitate trade and also to basically set, settle uh you know debts uh that are, are coming from trade mm. and uh, i think this is what is being accelerated within the framework of the african union okay and uh, we are looking forward to, a, to to a situation where afribank now which has been mandated by the African heads of state to mm-hmm. explore ways and means of, I mean, accelerating trade within the continent. But at the same time, the, Africa is reaching out to other providers of, of required um, uh, goods for, for, uh, for trade, mm-hmm. uh, for economies. Mm-hmm. For example, Kenya has I mean, uh, I mean agreed with the Saudi Arabia on basically uh, trading the oil without necessarily using the dollar. The reason being the the Saudis are also feeling the the heat of the American uh, laws mm. which are being enacted to basically control uh, Saudi Arabia's export of oil. Mm -hmm. And therefore we begin to see there are other avenues being explored within the continent and between the continent and other countries across the world for them to trade without necessarily resorting to dollar, which is very scarce uh, these days, particularly Mm many african countries
1: right. but still on investment and, and foreign policy how should investors into africa from china prepare for the possibility of de-dollarization
2: well if you look at countries like south africa which are already within the framework of uh, uh, BRICS, mm-hmm. uh you know brick itself is exploring whether they can have a brick currency which okay. is going to be uh, used within those countries and possibly countries that are also working closely with the brics like kenya egypt and so on uh, and, and therefore that is one way in which um, the aut- alternative to a uh, to a dollarized world is being explored mm-hmm. um the, the uh, with the china therefore within the framework of brics uh, that is one possibility mm-hmm. the other possibility is for for china uh, within the framework of focac to begin exploring uh, I mean, oh, entering into a, a, a dialogue with Africa on how the 54 African countries which are in uh, FOCAC can begin to have exchanges with China. I think this will also be facilitated by the fact that if Africa is, itself is able to have one currency of transaction mm. or an agreed model of mm. uh, of, uh, inter- of exchange, then it will be very easy for Africa and China to trade. Therefore I consider that the two fronts mm-hmm. the BRIC front and the focac front are the, the 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 new avenues of ensuring uh, that uh, China and Africa continue to trade and to uh, to have interactions in terms of, uh, of economics and finance mm-hmm. outside the framework of the dollar. And this, it, the the future looks quite bright in this regard.
1: You just mentioned the BRICS there. I'll come back to you just now on that one. Professor Leo, from a global perspective, in reality, are there any countries that are already diversing their foreign exchange reserves? How are they doing? How are their economies doing?
0: Well, uh, fundamentally, we can really look at the SDR basket composition. By different type of currencies, you mm-hmm. can see that more of other currencies, in addition to US dollar, they are really under search in terms of the reserve. Therefore, China and Brazil, they use more of the RMB to denominate the trade. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, they also withdraw. The RMB denominated rescue funds from the SDR. Secondly, I think the New Development Bank, that's also known as the BRICS Bank. They adopt actually the member's currencies instead of the U.S. dollar as a type of investment. And thirdly, it is really the BRICS that is really seriously discussing whether they want to have a common currency to avoid the use of the U.S. dollar. And yes, as the professor mentioned, that, uh, yeah, within Africa, they also talk about, you know, de-dollarization and count more on their own currency. Mm-hmm. But having said all of these wonderful ideas mm-hmm. and uh, also the baby step uh, practices, the dominance of the U.S. dollar can hardly be uh, reduced in a substantial way uh, at the moment. Mm-hmm. And because number one is that for de-dollarization, we need, a stable alternative and also we need a largest economy to support the stability of that uh, particular currency. Mm -hmm. It can be a collective currency or it can be a single country. Most importantly is really the the liquidity and convertibility of that currency that can be widely accepted as a stable, transparent and efficient mechanism either to serve as a reserve or serve Mm -hmm. as settlement.
1: Professor Liu Baocheng, there have also been calls from BRICS to ditch the dollar. What will the five countries have to do to achieve that?
0: Well, if we really come back and uh, revisit the essence of money, Uh so it is a measurement of value and also a medium of exchange. Uh, For the measurement, it has to be stable and for the medium of exchange, it has to be liquid. Okay. So, Therefore, as long as you know any type of currency that can serve both of the uh, stability of the value and also liquidity of uh, as exchange, it can really uh, you know uh, come out as a global currency. Mm-hmm. So uh, we can use pebbles, we can use gold, mm-hmm. or we can use uh, other uh, as a piece of paper as long as there <laughs> is a credibility behind it for stability and liquidity. Mm. Now, when we come to the break though, yes. Therefore, they look way for ways to ditch the U.S. dollar in their transaction and also in their reserve. And because we all agree that uh, the U.S. dollar is nice and the SWIFT system is no longer as credible as neutral, so. But the the issue lies in how this country. Can come up with mm-hmm. a stable currency mm-hmm. that is liquidable, either for the BRICS countries or for uh, African uh, banks, et cetera. So this is really something that we uh, have to really agree on. Mm-hmm. And the other is that uh, how to keep the, the domestic currency that is linked with a common currency that is widely accepted in terms of stable exchange rate. Right. So if suddenly you know one country's economy just collapses mm-hmm. and then the uh, collective currency they will be uh, fractured to that regard. So uh, this is something that uh, they need not, not only to have a sort of agreement mm. uh, but also they need to have a sort of as you know how they can really manage their fiscal policy uh, their uh, monetary governance etc Actually this is really the hard experience mm. uh, you know the uh, eurozone they have experience. but now I think they are doing far better to really to uh, improve the governance of so many economies so that the real value can be really reflected Uh, in the common currency.
1: That sounds easier said than done. That's right. Professor Kagwanja, when we look at the BRICS and its formation and its framework, could it be the solution to offering and developing alternatives to the dollar based on a BRICS currency basket comprising the five Rs, uh, the
2: real, the ruble, the rupee, the renminbi and the rand? Mm. Uh, we we need to remember that uh-huh. uh i think the main main challenge that is facing the world today is uh-huh. is about hegemony okay uh the hegemony of the west and the now the declining power of the united states uh-huh. and therefore as we're looking for diplomatic solutions or, or alternative to the same uh-huh. uh this the, the decolonization of the world is an attempt to look for an alternative okay. and therefore there is There is a there is a feeling that we are not going to replace american hegemony Mm. with another hegemony Mm. and therefore no no single country not not china not brazil not india wanted to be an alternative to the dollar Mm. realistically realistically because none of those economies have reached that level Mm. of basically uh, commanding the control of the world economy the way america has done Mm. over the last 70 years or so and therefore the brick alternative is based on having a brick currency basket right. that brings the five Rs together the mm. five are are the brazilian real mm-hmm. the russian ruble, the indian rupee the chinese lemon bean and the south african red
1: mm-hmm.
2: and and based on that uh what would be depending on how they are going to calculate it they can come with a, a, with a single currency that address this particular, these particular countries mm. uh, in terms of their, or in respect to their trade. Now, that I said can be extended to countries that are already willing to work closely uh, with the, with BRICS. Yes. For example, 19 countries have already, I mean, applied to be members of the BRICS. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if they are not admitted to be members directly, uh, they, they can still be within that uh, general commonwealth mm. of the BRICS. But that ought, offers just one zone. Mm. So what I see uh, moving into the future is not a single currency uh, replacing the, the dollar, but a multi uh, a of the currencies mm. that are to now be alternative. And bricks, uh, I, mean a, I mean, a currency uh, based on the, 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 the brick currency basket of the five Rs mm. is one uh, such alternative.
1: Okay, so just to conclude from you, uh, Professor Kakwanja, what are we saying? Will money ever return to become what it was always intended to be, uh, as a means of exchange and a store of value and not seemingly an instrument of economic statecraft?
2: The problem with the dollar, as you, as you, as you have mentioned, is the fact that the Americans have weaponized it in its diplomatic war. Mm. And particularly from last year, when it started talking about you know, using this decade to mm. reassert authority, mm. and the geopolitics that have emerged are are slightly different from the Cold War era geopolitics, which were basically uh, bipolar between Russia and, and and America. This is now America versus the rest, and in America versus the rest, what is the natural outcome? From where I see it, mm. is the emergence of other powerful currency backed by their economies i mean the movement for de-dollarization okay. is accelerated by specific countries mm-hmm. it will be a natural outcome of the economic growth of other countries mm-hmm. so uh, this is what i see a the of currencies not dominating the world but in, in, in interacting and now and again there we might see exploration of uh, avenues of trade between currencies for example mm-hmm. uh the euro and the brick Uh, currency basket currency that might be agreed upon. Whatever currency Africa is going to agree with uh, on then uh, some agreement with the the brick uh, uh, currency and again the dollar uh, will remain a a very powerful currency globally because America will again remain one of the three major economies in the world. Uh, And and as such, Mm. I don't see a single currency
0: rising up to to exact.
1: Okay. I'd like to also know from you, Professor Liu Baosheng, what's your take?
0: You know, everyone is really reproaching the US dollar mm. as a sort of, of the hegemony, so that is very true. But uh, to be fair enough, let's imagine a situation where, okay, US dollar is totally out of the sight, is totally collapsed. Will the world be happy at the moment? I do not think mm. so. Uh, for, for China, for example, we have the uh, over- Three trillion dollars of uh, foreign reserves in U.S. dollar, and mm. we also deposit uh, with the treasury bills in the United States. So of course, we do not really want to get all money evaporated. And also, that the United States is not really forcing anyone that uh, you got to US, uh, use mm. U.S. dollar, or I will bombshell <laughs> the capital. So they are not really doing that. So it is really the individuals and businesses who really think think that uh, it is more convenient. It is safer, and also it's uh, going to be more stable. So they picked up on, and even the nation state, they picked up on the U.S. dollar as a parent. Mm. But uh, having said that, if the, uh, if the United States continue to maintain a fluctuation of the U.S. dollar way beyond the rim, mm-hmm. if they uh, have the national debt uh, that is uh, there uh, to, to mount uh, without really the right support of the government, economy and also the government liquidity, of course they're going to ruin the U.S. dollar on a, a very gradual basis. Mm-hmm. So look at the shift of the power between mm-hmm. sterling pounds versus the U.S. dollar. Right now, uh, we do not really see much of an alternative to really for replace the U.S. dollar, but we do see that there's a winning effect in the U.S. dollar. So right now, I do not really see this unless, you know, it is done uh, on more of the bilateral basis mm. than really
1: a whole group oh, two different opinions there professor liu val and professor kakwanja thank you so much for your insights let's see what happens thank you, thank you okay.
2: Bridget.
1: thanks for listening if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast please share it with others post it on social media or leave a rating and review thanks again see you next time